blessing it is to see kids being raised up to learn about Jesus at their young and tender age. My, 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 my. You know, I, my heart is part of our vision, and I could put it in a nutshell, is I want to have church services where the word of God is preached with anointing, with power, with simplicity, with clarity. I want to have a service where our, our uh, praise and worship is so anointed that we go straight into the presence of God. And then I want to have services where our children are so tremendously blessed. And they're so excited about coming to church that they drag their moms and dads or grandparents or whoever into the church services. Amen. Glory to God. And I believe we're, we're, we're headed that direction. We're going. We got a good thing going. Amen. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Well, let's pray and we'll get into the word of God this morning. Father, we thank you for the opportunity to break the bread of your holy written word. I do believe right now in Jesus' name that the anointing is upon my life to preach and teach this word. I also believe for the anointing upon the people here. Anointing to be able to see the word as it's meant to be seen and hear the word as it's meant to be heard. I believe for fertile ground for the seed and water of the word. And Father God, we look to you now for the increase. And I am convinced that by your grace... As we are careful not just to be hearers of the word, but become doers thereof, that we shall be blessed in what we do. We've got your word on it. We expect it and we thank you for it now in Jesus' name. And everyone said, Amen. Amen. Now, I want to continue teaching this morning on this study we've been on for, I mean, many weeks, but obviously all of the different messages could be condensed down to a particular series in and of themselves, but that's just not the direction that the Lord has me on going in this particular message. But I want to continue talking to you about what manner of man Jesus was when he walked the earth and what manner of man or woman we should be as Christians. How many Christians are in this room this morning? So I believe that's everybody. There's a Christian. I believe that as I look around the room. You're Christians. Amen. Listen, we've got to get the revelation. That if we're going to make a difference in this world, if we're going to make an impact in this world for Jesus Christ, then we're going to have to be like Jesus Christ. Did you hear what I just said? It might sound really simple, but in reality, that's the bottom line. I've got to strive to be more like him. I want to be more like, I want to do Things the way Jesus did things. I want to pray like Jesus prayed. I want to operate in authority like Jesus operated in authority. I want to heal like Jesus healed. I want to deliver like Jesus delivered and so forth. It should be all of our goal in this life as a Christian to become more like Jesus. And if we can ever get to the place where somebody comes up to us and says, wow. There's something different about you. I can tell you've been with Jesus. Someone says something like that to you. That is the ultimate compliment. Amen. And I know for a fact, when you have come out of a lifestyle, I always point to Ron because it's the truth. Or I can point to myself because I know the lifestyle I came out of. And if people could see where we're at today, They would know something's up. 
they would know that there's a big change in our lives from the way we used to be. And I know for a lot of people, they, I'm, I'm being sincere when I say this, from, from their perspective, if I saw some of my running buddies, I don't want to call them my good friends because they weren't good friends, but people I used to go get drunk with, people I used to go get high with, people I used to go get in, brawl, you know, get in fights and so forth and so on. If I went and saw them, a lot of them th- would think, well, man, you're just a hypocrite. Getting up before the people and acting like, you know, you, 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 you have a, a, a right to preach the gospel message. I mean, do they know what you came out of? Do they know what you used to do? And I would say, oh, yes, they do know what I came out of. And they do know what I used to do. Because, see, that's in the past. Glory to God, because of Jesus, it's under the blood. I am no longer that person. I am a new creation in Christ Jesus. I am a Christian, a follower of Christ. Hallelujah. And no matter where I go, no matter what I do, I want people to see Jesus in my life. And that should be every one of your ultimate goals, desires. Amen. I want to hear, well done, good and faithful servant. I want you to hear, well done, good and faithful servant. It doesn't matter how much you're able to accomplish in this world system, in the world we're living If it has nothing to do with Christ, it's going to get burned up. Did you hear what I just said? It will be burned up. You know, the greatest secular song ever written in this world. I don't know what it is. I have no clue. All those famous Beatles songs or... This is going to show off on where I'm from. Led Zeppelin songs and and so forth. All of that is going to get burned up. Are you, are, you, are, you, are, you, are you listening to what I'm saying here? What I'm trying to get across is, why then do we spend so much of our life trying to achieve something that's going to get burned up in the end? Why not strive to do what God's calling us to do, what he's leading us to do, because it will not be burned up. It will be a thing that will last forever. Hallelujah! So we should have a desire To be more like Jesus. I want to find out how he did it. And then turn around and do it. I know that God's called me to live this way. I know God's called you to live that way. Amen. Glory to God. Now for time's sake. I'm not going to go back over all that we've covered up to this point. But listen. I want to once again reemphasize what Riley said in the announcements. And that is. You can go to our webpage. If you've ever missed a service. For whatever reason. And usually, the next couple of days after that particular service, you can re-listen to or listen to for the first time services. All right? So, in other words, you can go back and listen to this entire series. This is actually part 20. 20 messages on this particular subject. And I'm not done yet. Hallelujah. I'll be done when the Lord tells me I'm done. How many know that's the way to do it? I know my wife and I have been talking and discussing about some things coming up. The way we're going to do some things here in the the near future. I was just trusting the Lord where that's concerned. Amen. How many know that the pastor needs your prayers? How How many know that you want your pastor to be led by the Spirit of God? You see, when I'm being led by the Spirit of God, what I'm presenting to you is what God wants you to hear. Did you hear that? 
Which means that's what you need to hear to be able to live the life God wants you to be living right now. A successful, prosperous, healthy life. Praise God. Amen? But anyway, I just would encourage you to go there. And it's free, obviously, to look it up. And, and then, of course, Pastor Jones' uh, blogs are on there and so forth. But I want to focus back in on talking about Jesus again. And how Jesus demonstrated to us how to walk in the love of God. Friends, Jesus always walked in love. Everything he said, everything he did was filtered through love. Now, that should give us pretty much a, uh, what's the word I'm looking for here, Lord? If we want to see an example of what love is, go look at Jesus. And however Jesus responded, whatever, how Jesus reacted, and so forth and so on, it goes to show you that, you know that Jesus got into righteous indignation, righteous anger, I'll say it that way. And I, I, if you were here several weeks ago, I, I know I mentioned this. But Jesus always walked in love, which means there are going to be times when it's okay to get over into righteous indignation. My wife, to me, is the epitome of God's love on this earth. And I'm just keeping it real. I don't know if I've ever met somebody so full of Jesus as she is. And that's how blessed I am to have someone like her in my life. Now, these are major brownie points going on right now. (laughs) So that's what I'm trying to say this for. But, Lord, now you're going to have to help me get, get that back. Hallelujah. Talking about the love of God. I know I'm talking about the love of God. I am talking about God's love. Oh, thank you. But there have been times when something is said or done in our household, not very often, or she hears about something, or she gets a phone call from somebody, and it gets her stirred up. I'm talking stirred up. You do not want to be around my wife when she gets stirred up. It's very rare. But listen, I would say the vast majority of the time when that happens, it's not something she's doing out of the flesh. It's coming out of her heart, out of love. You know, sometimes you got to get upset with the devil. Stop accepting what the devil is doing against you and your family and become righteously indignant to his attacks against you and your family. Why do we as Christians accept what the devil does to us? It's ridiculous! Because he's a defeated foe! And yet we act like he's bigger and better than our God is. He's not! I would love to see... The, oh, glory to God. You know, when we get to heaven, I'm, I'm believing that we're going to be able to see when Jesus went into hell to pay the price for us. Not only will it will be falling on our faces and worshiping him all the more because of that, but I want to watch him whoop the devil. I want to see what happens when Jesus is raised from the dead. I want to watch him kick the devil's teeth in. How about you? And so I, I, was, I was even pondering this yesterday, thinking about this. And, 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 and I, was, I, was, I was thinking, I was thinking, I was going, why 
is it when it comes to the devil, we have this mentality that he's so much bigger and stronger than we are. Now, I'll I'll throw this in for free. If you're trying to do things in and of yourself, you're no match for the devil because he's been around for thousands upon thousands upon thousands of years and he's really good at what he does. He is real good at being a deceiver. He knows how to trick people, to manipulate people, to put thoughts in people, make, put thoughts in people's heads and make it think that that's their own thoughts. He's good at what he does. But friends, when you approach the devil as you really are, a child of God, as a new creation, with the fact that Jesus Christ is now your Lord and Savior and living on the inside of you, why in the world do we even for a moment think that we're not going to be able to overcome him? I've gotten so far ahead of myself in my teaching. I was going to get into this later on, but I'm on it right now. Jesus enables us to overcome any and every attack of the enemy. Hallelujah. Oh, thank you. I'm, I'm going to hold off. I, I could go, but I'm going to hold off. I'm going to hold off and get back. We'll come back to that thought, okay? Because I'm going to have you shouting later on. How many know that I can get you shouting? How, how many know that I like to shout? How many know that I get excited? Can I, I was thinking about this. If I walked up to somebody in our church and I asked you, there is three things that I'm passionate about. I want you to tell me what the three things I'm passionate about. Number one is Jesus. Number two is my, <laughs> my wife and family. And number three, boom. <laughs> so, now... Question, question. If I, you walked up to some people in this church and you asked them what you're passionate about, would they be able to tell you what you're passionate about? Just a Selah moment. Stop and think about it. Everybody should know what you're passionate about. People should be able to see what gets you excited. And if it's not Jesus first and foremost, you're going to have to do a checkup on the inside. Because once you really come to recognize and understand what he's done for you, if that don't get you excited, your your woods are wet. Amen. Okay, I want to get off with everybody's like, I I know you're all in deep thought right now. Hmm, what am I passionate about? (laughs) Hallelujah. So, we're going to talk about Jesus and his love, and how he walked in that love, and as his followers, how we too should be walking in the God kind of love, and giving out the God kind of love. But listen, the only way that's going to happen is if we first get the revelation of how much God loves you and how much God loves me. Again, we need to recognize and understand that his love is unconditional. His love is everlasting. His, listen, nothing you can do and nothing anyone else can do can separate you from the love of God. Oh, I love that. That is such an incredible truth. Hallelujah. Praise God. Now, the last time we were together, which was about three weeks ago now, we were looking at the fact that we can know that God loves you and me because of the many gifts he's given to us. And I want to reiterate this point. 
When you love somebody, such as your children or grandchildren or your spouse or your close friends, do you not love to bless them with something? If you have the means to do so, don't you love to bless your children and your grandchildren and so forth? Love to give them gifts? Where do you think that comes from? It comes from our Heavenly Father who also loves to bless us. To bless us with gifts. What is the greatest gift of all that he has given to us? Jesus. He gave Jesus to us. And thank God, as we've already looked at in this study, we now have the privilege and the honor to use his name. The name above all names. The name of Jesus. We have the legal right to use his name. Now, again, sometimes when you start talking from uh, the perspective of legal terminology, it kind of throws people off. They don't quite grasp it. But the point being is this. In the courtroom of the universe, not the Supreme Court, I'm talking the courtroom of the universe. When you use the name of Jesus as a Christian, that courtroom says that you have the legal right to do so. Now, I want you to ponder that. I want you to think about that. Has anybody ever been the power of attorney for somebody? When you're the power of attorney for somebody, you have the legal right in the eyes of our law to write out checks, to pay bills, and so forth in that person's name. Well, (laughs) friends, listen. Jesus has given us the legal right to use his name. And when that name is spoken... From the lips of one of his children. That's you and me, by the way. Listen, listen. It's as if Jesus is right there with you. Because all Jesus is, is wrapped up in his name. Is vested in his name. Oh, my, 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 my. See, a lot of times people think that when you pray a prayer and you end it with Jesus, in Jesus' name. It's just the just way you end the name. No, you're, you're certifying that prayer. You're making sure that prayer legal. You're saying right now, Jesus, I'm praying this prayer. And now that I'm using your name in this prayer, yours right there making sure that prayer comes to pass. Glory to God. We looked at the fact uh, uh, as far as praying in the name of Jesus. I believe we have John 16. Do we not, Maddie? John 16, verse 23. And in that day you will ask me nothing. This is Jesus talking. Most assuredly. Now again, I want to just stop and emphasize what he's talking about when he says most assuredly. This is going to be hard for you to grasp in your head. But I want you to get this. This is the truth. Most assuredly I say to you, whatever. Everybody say whatever. Whatever you ask the Father in my name, he will give you until now you have asked nothing in my name ask and you will receive that your joy may be full 
Woo! Glory to God. I know I'm studying this, but this just gets me so stoked. We looked at this. E.W. Kenyon said about, uh, said about this, pr- praying this way. This puts prayer on a purely legal basis for Jesus has given us the legal right to use his name. Then he goes on to say the possibilities enfolded in that name are beyond our understanding. And when Jesus says to the church, whatever you ask the Father in my name, he's giving us a signed check on the resources of heaven and asking us to fill it in. That's shouting grounds. Here is a blank check. Here is a blank check. Here's a blank check. And Jesus signs it with his blood and hands it to you. Now you ask the Father whatever you need. And he's going to give it to you. But see, Pastor Dan, I know it says that, but you don't know how, you don't know me. You don't know my life. You don't know the struggles I have. You don't know the mistakes I've made. You know what I do know? Is you don't receive anything based upon how good you are. And whether you deserve it or not. The only way you receive is because of what Jesus Christ has done for us. And he's the one who makes you righteous. Having right standing in the eyes of Almighty God. Thus, you can ask whatever you want in his name and the Father God will give it to you. And as a result, it makes you, you don't go through life all despondent and beaten down. You go through life with a hop in your step. You go through life full of joy. Woo! <laughs> Glory to God. Oh, look, the economy's collapsing. People are going broke. They don't know what to do. <laughs> Woo! And they look at you and say, what's wrong with you? What's, don't you see what's happening? I am a Christian. I'm not bound to this world system. I have a heavenly daddy whose streets are made out of pure gold. I have a heavenly daddy that all I got to do is go to him and say, Father, I have need of this and this and this. And I pray this now in Jesus' name. And I know my heavenly daddy is causing it to come to me. Now, Now, does that not make you full of joy? Am I the only one that gets happy when you read that? Woo! Glory to God! Oh, hallelujah. That's a glorious truth right there. But let's continue moving on this morning. Go to John 14. John 14. And as you're turning there, I want to ask you something about the name of Jesus. We have the legal right to use it, right? What does Philippians 2.10 say about that name? That at the name of Jesus, every knee shall bow. Of those in heaven and those on earth and those under the earth. I want to ask you once again this morning, and I said this the last time we were together. Is cancer a name? Then it must bow to the name of Jesus. Is poverty and lack a name? 
then it must bow to the name of Jesus. Is, is bondages or are bondages names? Then they must bow to the name of Jesus. See, again, this is, you start to get this perspective and you start to look at these things the way God has always expected for us to see it because it's based upon his holy written word. It will change the way you approach life because you're not going through this life in and of yourself, in and of your own strength. You're coming through this life successfully, prosperously, and in health, fulfilling God's divine destiny for your life. In and through Him, by His strength, by His power, with His anointing, in His name. Amen? Amen. Glory to God. John 14, 13. Jesus speaking again. And whatever you ask in my name, that will I do. That the Father may be glorified in the Son. If you ask anything in my name, I will do it. Now what's interesting about this is these verses here, Jesus is not talking about prayer. He is not talking about prayer in these verses. If you were to study this out, and I've done it for you, so listen up, take notes. The word ask actually comes from a Greek word that means to demand. To to demand. And so the actual Greek meaning of this verse is whatever you shall demand... As your rights and privileges, that shall I, Jesus, do. In other words, now get this. We have the legal right and privilege to use the name of Jesus against the devil and anything he tries to throw at us. And once again, vested in the name of Jesus is all of his power and all of his authority. Glory to God. And when we demand the devil to take his stinking hands off of ourselves and off of our families, then glory to God, all the power of heaven and all the authority in heaven is backing us up. And that's what I was trying to say earlier about facing the devil. Jesus has got our back. Jesus, not for one moment, looks at the devil and says, Oh, dear God. Oh, I am God. What am I going to do now? How am I going to face this? Oh, he, the last time he... I'm, Father God, I'm a little scared right now. Do you think that's what happens? But I guarantee you, if you could see the way the devil responds when he sees Jesus show up. And let me just throw this in for free. When he sees a Christian who know who they are in Christ show up, he begins to quake in his boots. You demand him to take his hands off of you and notice whatever you ask in my name, whatever you demand in my name, devil, get off off of my family in Jesus' name. Now notice, Jesus says, I will do, I will do it. I'm the one who's going to show up. I'm the one who's going to kick him out of your house. Glory to God. If you ask anything in my name, I will do it. That gets me excited. It's like I'm saying, devil, you want to show up? You won't mess with me? Come on. 
Come on, people. I know people like some church will be going, oh, dear Jesus. Oh, I'm back away from that minister. No man. Why? Jesus is right here with me. And when the devil sees me, he sees Jesus. When the devil sees you, what does he see? Uh, oh, better go right and hide. No. Be bold. Shh. Take a stance and say in the name of Jesus. Get out of here. Firmly believe. Listen, listen. Then in your mind, this is what you're going to do. In your mind, you need to see Jesus showing up. He said, I will do it. See Jesus showing up. And just see the devil all of a sudden look up and see Jesus. And just, you know he's freaking out. Here's the one that just whooped me. And now he's showing up again. So guess what's going to end up happening after a while? The devil ain't going to be showing up at your house no more. Because he knows every time he shows up at your house, all of a sudden Jesus shows up to kick him out of the house. Are you guys getting this? This is all wrapped up in the name. In his name. Glory to God. I tell you what, Father, give us this revelation. Help us to get this revelation of this awesome, incredible biblical truth that we've been given the legal right to use the name of Jesus. We've been given, listen, we have the legal right to use that name against the devil. We have the legal right to use that name when we're praying for the sick. We have the legal right to use the name in our petitions to the Father. We have the legal right to use the name in our praise and worship. That wonderful name has been given to you and me. And why? Because God loves us. God loves you and God loves me. Well, let's move on to the next one. What about the gift of the Holy Spirit? John 14, 16 says this, And I will pray the Father, and he will give you another helper, that he may abide with you forever. The Spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive, because it neither sees him nor knows him. But you know him, for he dwells with you and will be in you. Uh, The 16th verse from the Amplified says this, And I will ask the Father, and he will give you another comforter, Counselor, helper, intercessor, advocate, strengthener, and standby that he may remain with you forever. Friends, listen. Upon the new birth, the Holy Spirit came and took up residence on the inside of you. You have the Holy Spirit living in you right now. Glory to God. We have the helper the comforter, the counselor, the intercessor, the advocate, the standby living in us. Another translation says that it calls him, speaking of the Holy Spirit, the encourager. The encourager. In other words, listen, when you mess up, the Holy Spirit does not come along and try to condemn you. He's not the condemner. What he is, is the encourager. He will encourage you to get back up on your feet, repent of your sin, and then go forward with God. Oh, that blesses me. You don't know how many times that has been such a tremendous anchor to my soul. When I'm faced with discouraging moments in my life because of mistakes I've made. All of a sudden, the devil loves to come and pile on and try to get me over into condemnation. But that's when I hit him with the word of God. There is therefore now no 
condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus. Who walk according to the spirit and not according to the flesh. Amen. And then I know when I look to my heart, it's the Holy Spirit. He's right there. Come on, Daniel. Get back up. Quitting is not an option for you. Get back up. You got this. Repent. No, my, no Father God is, is cleansing you, forgiving you. And let's keep going forward. That's what the Holy Spirit is all about. And he lives in you and he lives in me. Amen. Glory to God. Now what's interesting in this verse is that the word another, I will give you another, comes from the Greek word allos. Now I want you to listen to this because this is going to get you happy. I know sometimes people have always had, they have the mentality, if only I had been around when Jesus walked the earth. Oh, how wonderful it would have been. Well, listen, if you would have been around when Jesus walked the earth, if you lived over here, you wouldn't have even known about Jesus over there. Just keeping it real. Isn't that true? He was located in one single body. Even if you were with Jesus, you know, were you going to be with him 24-7? Well, let me read this to you. Are you ready? Are you ready to get excited? The word another comes from the Greek word alos, which means another of the same kind. It means one besides Jesus and in addition to Jesus, but one just like Jesus. He will do in Jesus' absence what Jesus would do if he were physically present with you. So in other words, using the Greek definition of the word alos here in John 14, 16, it could be translated to say, I will pray the Father and he will send you someone who is just like me in every way. He will be identical to me in the way he speaks, the way he thinks, the way he operates, the way he sees things, and the way he does things. He will be exactly like me in every way. When the Holy Spirit is here, it will be just as if I am here because we think, behave, and operate exactly the same. We have Jesus here with us. Because we have the Holy Spirit here with us. Amen. Isn't that glorious? Now, plus, what does the Bible say about the Holy Spirit? 1 John 4, 4. Greater is he that is in me than he that is in this world. Or as I like to say it, greater is he that is in me than he that is eternally defeated in this world. Friends, there is nothing you will ever face greater than the one who's in you. Did you hear what I just said? You have the greater one living on the inside of you. I have the greater one living on the inside of me. Hallelujah. I have one just like Jesus living on the inside of me. And I want to know how Jesus would respond. All I got to do is look to my heart. Look to the spirit of God. Because he'll show me exactly how Jesus would respond. What I need to say. How I need to do it. And so forth. Glory to God. Thank you. I tell you what, you get a hold of these things, you come to recognize and understand, my goodness gracious, he's really made it easy for me if I will only simply follow what he's telling me to do in his word. What about the baptism of the Holy Spirit? We are a church, we believe in the baptism of the Holy Spirit, and we believe that there's an evidence to the baptism of the Holy Spirit. It's called speaking with other tongues. People will argue with you and try to tell you that it's passed away. But their argument is so flimsy, it's not based upon the word. It's based upon one verse that's taken out of its setting. 
And so when you really study it out, and plus think about it, why would the Bible have a whole chapter talking about the baptism of the Holy Spirit? To all of a sudden be thrown out. It's no longer available. It just doesn't compute in my head. And so anyway, long story short, is it a gift from God? Well, the Bible tells us in Luke 11, beginning in verse 11, if a son asks for bread from any father among you, will he give him a stone? Or he asks for a fish, will he give him a serpent instead of a fish? Or if he asks for an egg, will he offer him a scorpion? If you then, being evil or natural, know how to give good gifts to your children. So what's it talking about here? Talking about gifts. How much more will your heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? Do you see that? And then in Acts chapter 10, this beginning in verse 44, while Peter was still speaking these words, he had just got, Peter was just preaching to them the gospel message. The Holy Spirit fell upon all those who heard the word. And those of the circumcision who believed were astonished. These were the ones that had come with Peter. As many as came with Peter, as it says right there, <laughs> because the gift of the Holy Spirit had been poured out on the Gentiles also. For they heard them speak with tongues and magnify God. It is a gift from God. Amen. And if you've never received the baptism of the Holy Spirit, this is what I'm going to ask you to do. If there's anybody in here who's never received the baptism of the Holy Spirit, I want you to throw away everything you may have heard about it up to this point. Anything negative that you may have heard about it. And I want you to come to me and I'm going to give you a book. A little book. It's called Why Tongues. It's by Kenneth Hagin. And I'm gonna, I trust that we have some. We'll have to look. <laughs> we used to have some. But anyway, but we give it away all the time. And we tell people, do it. we did it with those two right there recently, didn't we? Give you that book. Why Tongues. And, and, and you got it. And so, and, and, and you got it. Didn't you, we give you that book too? You know, you, you're like, well, why didn't I get it? But anyway, but in this book, it breaks it down and shows you the different scriptures about receiving the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And then it talks about how to receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Amen. And again, for those in here who are baptized in the Holy Ghost, I promise you, guarantee you, that the, every one of you would stand and testify how blessed you are to be filled with the Holy Spirit and with the ability to pray in other tongues. What a tremendous gift God has given to us. I mean, can you, I mean, I have a daughter in Boise, Idaho. She's there, you know, and thank God you can communicate and you can talk and you can do FaceTime and all that good stuff. But guess what? I don't, it's what, an eight-hour drive, approximately an eight-hour drive. I don't know how many miles it is. But the point is, I don't know everything my daughter's going through. There's no way. She lives way over there. I live here. But guess what? I can pray the perfect will of God for my daughter. You might say, how can you do that, Pastor Dan? You don't know everything she's going through. Because I have the Holy Spirit. And the Bible talks about the baptism of the Holy Spirit, that the Holy Spirit is the one who gives us the utterance. He's the one that gives us the words to pray out. So all I got to do is say, I lift my daughter to you right now. And I've prayed in my understanding to the best of my ability according to your word. But I now lift her to you, God. And I'm asking you, Holy Spirit, to join with me and help me to pray out the perfect will of God for Brooke. And as I begin to pray in the Spirit, I firmly believe I'm doing just that. 
Do you not think that the Holy Spirit who's giving me the utterance is going to help me pray out the perfect will of God? Would not he, being God, give me the perfect will of God to pray out for her? Do you see that? That's just one benefit, friends. That's just one awesome benefit of being filled with the Holy Spirit, receiving that gift from God. It is available to all of us. How long have I been going? 40 minutes? Are you kidding me? I know some of you are saying it, but some of the other ones are going, oh, please, dear Jesus, do not let them go any further. You know what? I am going to stop because this next one I want to take my time with. I have such an incredible illustration, and I've been wanting to do this with this balloon for four weeks now. And in fact, I had to get a new one because somebody decided they wanted to play, put their fingers all over it, especially after talking about, never mind, I'll get off of that. (laughs) Glory to God. Are you guys getting something here? I want you to understand how much God loves you. Why do we need to understand how much God loves us? Because if we're going to be able to love others as Jesus loved others, we're going to have to have, have revelation of that love and how much he does love us first. Do you see that? Understand that. You can't give it away if you don't even know you have it. But once you start to recognize and understand God loves me, God loves me, all of these different things, all of these different points we've covered, oh my goodness gracious, it changes you. It really does. When you're faced with great challenges, You can just sit there and recognize and say, God, I know I'm coming through this because I know you love me. If I'm doing anything wrong because you love me, you'll show me. You'll direct somebody across my pathway to talk to me. And if I'm, for whatever reason, hard of hearing, you'll send 10 more people across my pathway to talk to me. Why? Because you love me. Because you believe in me. You want me to succeed. You want me to overcome. You want me to live victoriously. Amen. And that's what Jesus was all about. That's what manner of man Jesus is and was when he was here. And that's what manner of man or woman each one of us should be. We are called to be people of love. And we're going to get into this. We're going to endeavor to finish this up by God's grace. And I want to talk about a few more things about uh, uh, the love of God. Because there are a couple of things that are very important to bring out. And then we're going to go into talking about one other area. And then I'm going to break from this message and go to another message and then we're going to come back to this message and then hey so what's the benefit of being a pastor hallelujah that's why you want to keep coming back week after week after week after week i trust that you're catching something here i want you to get revelation inside of you because once it gets inside of you there's nothing the devil can do to talk you out of it and that's why i strongly encourage you go back and re-listen to these uh messages Get the word of God uh, uh, and open your Bible up and study these things out. I was talking to Melissa Friday night and Melissa said, Pastor Dan, I can't believe you asked me that question. I've been thinking about that question all week long. All week. I'm like thinking to myself, oh, dear God, what did I ask her? What question was it? She's going on and on. She didn't tell me what the question was. And then finally she said, you asked me, who is God? To you. You talk about it just a simple question, but she's been pondering it all week long. See, that's called meditation of the word. That's called meditating in it, thinking about it. So what you guys need to learn to do when you hear these truths, just don't come in and say, 
Woo! And leave from here all excited. No, you want to get it in you. You want to study it for yourself. You want to get the revelation of it inside of you because that's when you, glory to God, can put it into practice in your life and that's when you begin to get blessed beyond measure. Hallelujah. Oh, let's pray. Father, in Jesus' name, we thank you for your word this morning. We love you so much, dear God. We thank you so much that you're working in each and every one of us, changing us.